This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 1336, The Problem with How We Treat Highly Disciplined People, by Dr. Samantha Joel of Loves.com. Hello, everybody, and happy Sunday. Welcome back to ORD, or Optimal Relationships Daily, where I share with you some of the best content around for helping you build strong relationships. I'm your host, Greg Audino, and today I will be reading another post for you from Loves.com. So this one showcases the results that some recent studies have shown about the ways we tend to treat people that we perceive as having high discipline, and also some speculation as to how those biases could look in romantic relationships. So listen close and be sure to stick around for my commentary afterwards. Time to jump into this one and start optimizing your life. The Problem with How We Treat Highly Disciplined People by Dr. Samantha Joel of Loves.com. Self-control. It's a skill that most of us wish we had a lot more of. Yet, every once in a while, you meet a person who has a seemingly mystical ability to make themselves do things they ought to do, and resist the urge to do things they ought not to do. It's that person who walks their dog, eats their oatmeal, picks up coffee for everyone in the office, and still shows up to work by 9 a.m. The person who gets their day's work done by lunch and then works out during their lunch hour. The person who not only makes homemade cards for their friend and family's birthdays, but actually gets them mailed on time. It's easy to envy such individuals. People who have high self-control are more likely to achieve their goals in a wide variety of domains. Research shows that people with high levels of self-control tend to get better grades in school, They're less likely to engage in problem behaviors such as binge eating and alcohol abuse, and they have better psychological adjustment compared to people with lower levels of self-control. High self-control also has important benefits for romantic relationships. For example, married couples with greater combined levels of self-control are more responsive, trusting, and forgiving of one another. They have smoother day-to-day interactions, they have less day-to-day conflict, and they are more satisfied with their relationships on the whole. Looking at the literature, it's tempting to conclude that one simply can't go wrong by having high levels of self-control, or by having close others with high levels of self-control. However, in a paper that just came out this year, Koval, Van Dellen, Fitzsimmons, and Ranby explored a potential downside to self-control, the high expectations that others might have of high self-control individuals. Following are three ways we tend to treat high self-control individuals, according to their research, that might be damaging for our relationships with such individuals. Number one, 
We expect them to perform better. We expect people with high self-control to perform better compared to those with low self-control. For example, in study one, undergraduate students were presented with a description of a hypothetical student, Sam, who was tempted to make an unnecessary purchase on iTunes. Next, the undergrads rated how well they thought Sam would perform in the context of a group project. Undergrads who read that Sam resisted the urge to make the purchase, suggesting that Sam had high self-control, predicted that Sam would perform better on the group project, compared to undergrads who read that Sam had made the impulsive purchase. In other words, when we witness someone exhibiting high self-control in one domain, we then expect them to perform better in unrelated domains. Number two, we ask them to do more work. At first glance, high expectations may not seem like a bad thing. Isn't it nice for people to think highly of you? Unfortunately, these high expectations are not limited to quality of work. We also expect more from high self-control individuals in terms of quantity of work. In another study, undergraduate students were asked to imagine that they were in charge of a peer mentorship program. They were given a stack of essays written by junior students and asked to distribute them among a group of high GPA senior students for proofreading. Participants were also given descriptions of the senior students, including whether or not they were successfully meeting their New Year's resolutions. Senior students who had met their New Year's resolutions, indicative of high self-control, were given more essays to proofread than students who had failed to meet their New Year's resolutions. Swap out proofreading essays for a task like doing the dishes or running errands, and it's easy to see how these high expectations could breed resentment in the context of close relationships. Number three, we underestimate their effort. In another study, students were asked to rate their own self-control with items like, I have a hard time breaking bad habits. The students were then asked to perform a lab task that requires self-control, typing out a text without including spaces or the letter E, and to rate how difficult they found the task to be. Next, Participants were told that another student was completing the same measures and tasks at the same time. They were presented with what they believed to be the self-control ratings of the other student and were asked to rate how difficult they thought the typing task was for the other student. Participants' reports of the difficulty of the tasks for themselves didn't differ by their self-control levels. That is, students who rated themselves as being high versus low on self-control found the task to be equally challenging. However, when rating other students, participants thought that the task was easier for students with high self-control compared to students with low self-control. In other words, even when high self-control individuals are working just as hard as those with less self-control, people assume that the work is easier for them. Taken together, it makes sense that these factors might cause relationship problems for high self-control individuals. With everyone expecting greater and better performance from them, while also downplaying their efforts, people with high self-control might be left feeling overburdened by their friends, family, and coworkers. And that's exactly what the researchers found in their last two studies. In study five, people with high levels of self-control felt that their coworkers expected more from them day to day, and they felt burdened by these expectations. Meanwhile, Co-workers recognized that they expected more from these high self-control individuals, but they did not realize that these expectations led to the high self-control individual feeling overburdened. Rather, the sentiment seemed to be 
that high self-control individuals can handle the higher workload. Study 6 examined potential downsides of self-control among romantic couples. Replicating previous findings, individuals with high self-control tended to be more satisfied with their relationships. However, people with high self-control also felt that their partners relied on them to a greater extent, leading them to feel burdened, which in turn led to lower satisfaction. In other words, although high self-control individuals are happier in their relationships overall, they would be more satisfied still if their partners did not expect so much of them. The take-home message of this research is that just because high self-control individuals are able to handle large workloads doesn't mean that they should be expected to. As we saw in the study on effort, completing difficult tasks is just as effortful for those with high self-control as it is for those with low self-control. If those efforts aren't appreciated and respected, high self-control individuals are at risk of becoming overworked and overburdened. So, if you have a coworker, friend, or even a romantic partner with impressive levels of self-control, try to acknowledge the effort they put in and keep your expectations of them manageable and fair. In contrast, if you are the person with high levels of self-control, consider using some of that self-control to resist the urge to take on more work than you can comfortably manage. Your relationships will thank you for it. You just listened to the post titled, The Problem with How We Treat Highly Disciplined People, by Dr. Samantha Joel of Loves.com. And thanks a lot to Dr. Samantha for this article. Certainly a lot of great information here to stay mindful of when interacting with people who we see as being highly disciplined. What I'd really love to see, though, is similar research conducted around other personality traits and how our perceptions of them lead us to treat those people differently in their own ways. But who I really want to speak to here before we wrap up is the highly disciplined people in question, because this article, while defending them, of course, is still uh, written for other people. So one thing to keep in mind for the highly disciplined person in this case, uh, or anyone who can tell they're treated differently due to strong behavioral associations that people make with them, is that you may be asking or inviting people to continue treating you this way. Even though it may feel stressful in the moment or, you know, we may feel unheard, it can be difficult to ask people to treat us differently if the way they treat us is something we've always been celebrated for. So for the highly disciplined person, they may have received a lot of compliments in the past because self-control is often seen as a great trait. So there can be turmoil, inner turmoil, when the very thing that we get recognition for also starts to come with treatment that is painful for us. And it's in the midst of this turmoil that it's important to look for nuances, consider the ways in which we might like to present ourselves to others, and whether or not this very familiar part of us is beginning to cause more pain than pleasure. If it does feel like there's more pain than pleasure, then it's a good opportunity to set new boundaries and do whatever possible to make sure that this trait we have is as helpful to us as possible. Okay, everyone, and that's going to do it for this one. Thanks again to Dr. Samantha. Thanks to all of you for being here, and thanks for sharing this episode with someone if you feel it would help them. Have a great rest of your weekend if you're listening in real time. And I hope to see you again tomorrow for another post where your optimal life awaits.